Management Research. Hello and welcome to the Management Research Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogdistov. Hello and welcome. We continue with our mini-series on burnout and burnout in combination with business process management. The idea of this mini-series is to teach you also how to apply the tools from process management in order to prevent burnout in your organization or maybe for you personally. As burnout is a work-related concept, then changing your work, changing the way you work, can help you prevent burnout in future or reduce the level of negative psychological issues at work. There are several tools and during this podcast, during the next episodes, we are going to work through some of them. And if you want to know more, please go to business process management literature and get to know these methods, the advanced version of these methods. We have only superficial way of these methods and how to apply them. The first one is very easy. You need to know what the process is and where the problems actually appear. And for this, you will need to have a sheet of paper and a pencil, and you will have to know the basic notification for process management. I usually use the UML, but there are different other ways how to describe a process. At the moment, you will need only some basic figures. The first one is an oval. Oval is used to indicate that the process starts or the process ends. Then you have the, the square. The square indicates that there is an activity within your process. You also have a diamond to show that there is a decision. And from the diamond, you usually draw two lines to the one which goes in the direction of the process. That stands for yes, the decision is positive or no, and then the process, the arrow goes to the side, to the left-hand side, right-hand side, depending on how you depict your process. Okay, with these three figures, it is sufficient to start depicting your process. And we start with one basic one, the one I use as an example, is, for example, the oval indicates the beginning of the process, and right there, the feedback from a student for the course has arrived. Then I start with the first activity, opening the feedback, and going through the grade. If there is a grade that is higher than 2.0, so in our event it's 1.0, 1.5, so it means it's more positive. In Austria we use 1.0 as an excellent grade and 5.0 is the non-satisfactory grade. So if this condition is satisfied, yes, then I go to the next one, I read through the positive feedback and then I celebrate the positive feedback, the next activity, and then finally the process is done. If the feedback is negative or if it is below than 2.0, then I have to go not only through the positive, but also through the negative feedback. Then I have to incorporate the negative feedback in my course. For example, if there are some structural issues, then I can make my course a little bit better, and then I can go through the rest of the feedback. So we have a kind of loop, and if there is negative commands, then I have to go through them first, and then go to the positive commands. So the basic process is depicted, and now we need to to add something additional. We need a new figure. You can use any figure you like. Um, you can just simply use the smiley. Column and three brackets for a very positive feedback. Column and two brackets for positive feedback. Column and one bracket for a slightly positive feedback. Then the column and just neutral line which indicates the neutral emotions, and you can use the brackets for the negative emotions. One for slightly negative, 
2 for negative and 3 for highly negative emotions. And now take any activity that is made within your process, it means every rectangle, and draw to each rectangle a line and draw what kind of emotions you experience during this activity. Getting feedback from my students is usually neutral, I just receive a notification, then I open it, and then if I read through the grade, and the grade is, let's say, below 2.0, then probably I'm dissatisfied. In this event I would say, okay, this is a negative emotion. Then I go to the negative feedback, and negative feedback is something that makes me completely upset, because I don't like to read negative feedback about the thing that I prepared for several months. So it will be highly negative emotions that accompany this type of activity. Then we go to the next activity, which is the positive feedback, and usually I enjoy it pretty much, so let's indicate it as a highly positive event. And finally, I have to celebrate the successful course, or successfully adapted course, this will be a positive emotion that I experience, and the process is done. Now have a look at your process. What are the biggest problems? Where are the most negative comments appearing? So there are several things you can do. First, of course, the psychological one, you try, you can try to reframe it. For example, you take it as a game. Okay, you change something in the course, not all students liked it, that's why you have this negative feedback, and maybe you have to make another move and play it as a game, and then at the end you will receive a bit more, you will become a bit more positive about these negative comments because you will perceive them as the one of the moves in the game. Another one is the process management tool. You can just think whether you can change the process in a way that this negative feedback does not attach you, does not, doesn't have to be performed by you. What if you delegate it? I'm sharing with you my experience. For instance, each time I receive this feedback, it's usually about four or five pages of information. The first two pages are different graphs and different concrete questions. Then I have the page with the positive command and usually about one page with negative commands. I print them out, but I do not read the last page, the one with the negative comments. I give it to my wife, and I ask her to go through it and tell me whether there are some systematic issues, those things that I can change and that seems to matter. She looks at two things. The first one is, it should be systematic, so if somebody says that there are too many pictures or somebody says there is too much text on my slides, then probably it is not an issue. Somebody likes more text, somebody likes pictures. Or I had already feedback where somebody said I have too many pictures and the other one person, the other person said that they have too much text. In this event I probably don't have to react on this. I can go through my slides, but it's just a matter of taste. Yet, if many students say that they have too much text on my slides, then probably it is a systematic issue and then I have to change my slides. And my wife just writes down this command and said, okay, next time you develop this course, next time you go through your slides, please reduce the number of text and introduce more pictures. The second thing I asked my wife to look at is that the commands are constructive, that I can change it. For example, as you have noticed, I speak pretty fast, and I cannot really change it. So I can try, I spend some time in order to work on my voice, but it's not sufficient, it will take probably months, if not years, until I will speak slower. Can I change it? No. So this is one of the commands that would make me very upset, because nobody likes to hear that his voice is too deep or too high or too fast or too slow, especially if one cannot have impact on this. So I asked my wife if there is something like this, but she just doesn't tell it to me, because anyway I cannot change it. 
And at the end, as you see, I just restructured my process in a way that one of the activities that is mostly associated with negative emotions is delegated to another person. You can also change the process in a different way. What if our chief of the department will receive all the feedbacks and will forward to us only the necessary commands, only something else? What if the assistants of the faculty will go through the feedback and will make a summary of those things that can be changed and those that cannot be changed? So there are many things you can do and many ways you can frame it. This is a very simple example, but within your firm there are many different processes and you can try to apply this knowledge in order to find out what kind of activities cause the highest trouble for you. I showed it to you on an individual level, but theoretically you can make it on the organizational level too. Go through your processes and try to indicate those activities that cause the highest number of conflicts, those that cause the highest level of exhaustion by your employees. If you have this picture, if you have this understanding of the process and also psychological demands attached to different activities, then you can make a process a bit better. And if you make them a bit better, then you will avoid this exhaustion and prevent burnout in future. I hope it helps you as it helped me. I wish you all the best and in the next episode we are going to talk about the DMAKE cycle. If you want to know more, stay with us. See you next time. All the best to you. Bye-bye.